Welcome back to It Was Murder. <laughs> We're the number one podcast about heart to heart on the internet. I swear to God, we are. Yay. In the world. And, it's true. Hmm, I'm Eric Flood. <laughs> You're tired, romantic. Nice. It it was murder. Um <laughs> hmm, I am Elliot. <laughs> she did it. She can't help You're it. You're a devoted lover. And I'm Joe Garber, the expectant virgin. The in the inimitable. The inimitable, <laughs> inimitable expectant virgin. Ooh, it's gonna be a hot one tonight, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a hot. Uh, it's gonna be a hot plate of. It's a hot grill. Of mm-hmm. hot burner on the stove. French food. <laughs> Because we're doing too many cooks is mur- wait no too many cooks are murder too many cooks they- are murder. So can anyone can anyone tell me why I have such a grammatical problem with this? Because I know that it is correct to say too many cooks are murder, but mm-hmm. I my brain goes to too many cooks is murder. No, it's because the expression you'll say like oh this is murder. Yeah, right. So You're not saying like yeah. these are murder. These are murder. <laughs> uh, this these are murder. These are murder <laughs> on my calves. Murder right. is oh these a shoes are verb adverb no verb murder murder is a verb murder murder is a verb yeah it's also a noun it's and also a noun. a noun okay so that's where it gets me because I think of it as a verb only. It's well, like it's too you, many because cooks. You, because Joe murders people all the time. Right. So. What a luxury, yeah. Joe. Too many cooks I think are of it walking. as the thing that you do. Because yeah. Joe the murders noun. so many people, but he doesn't consider what he does murder. So yeah, it's for not, him, it's only it's a verb. It's not like capital it not M. It's not capital M murder. <laughs> it's just murder. <laughs> it's casual. It's casual. And you know what? Casual murder. People die every day. Oh, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Too many cooks. Mm-hmm. Too many cooks. Too many cooks are murder. <laughs> Too many cooks. <laughs> Too many cooks are murder. It sounds wrong. I can't believe cooks. that they approved this name and then they fucking said, they it, said it in, in the, the episode. episode. Uh, I had a meme moment during this episode where I, I became Leonardo DiCaprio in uh, Once, Titanic. A, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And pointed oh. at the TV oh. as soon God, as God, I didn't know it. what you were going to say. Sorry. It's What's me. that one where he's in the jacking up the bay in, in uh, Thailand or something? Beach. The beach. The beach. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. The Danny Boyle, the, the least seen Danny Boyle movie, I think. He's video game running on the beach. <laughs> okay. Uh, Minute Max time. Minute and, Max. And our reluctant virgin begins. Me, I'm first. And I have to start my clock. One minute, and I wanted everyone to do this in their best French accent, but uh, I was vetoed. Not so, I, hey, listeners, if the, you impossible. if you agree with impossible. me, <laughs> it's impossible because my thoughts are racing so hard, and to add a French French accent on top of my thoughts, just racing to try to get through the episodes, it's it can't happen. We need France on our side right now. <laughs> okay, I think this is what happened. Um, too many cooks are murder so the hearts are signed up for a cooking class where the teacher of the cooking class is the husband of a cooking of a julia child style cooking show woman who max is super horny for from the get-go he's (laughs) so horny for this woman and the cook is named maurice and they go to his cooking class and then they all are cooking his food and then something happens. There's a ton of cooking puns all throughout. Just like remember that because it happens throughout. 
they Maurice is murdered. <laughs> the the chef, the master chef from France gets murdered mm-hmm. and they're like, why did, why was he murdered? Let's figure this out. And then Stanley does a whole <laughs> flow chart and they figure out it's because he developed something with one of his recipes, but they don't know what it is. It's some kind of secret. So they find his recipes, which people are trying to make filet Eve <laughs> to get his recipes. And they find out it's like a plastic <laughs> that he made out of vegetables, which is super rare apparently. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's not understandable. Wow. That was about as satisfying. This is going to be a really hard one, for, I think, for everybody. But mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling Ellen's just going to knock it out of the park. Me too. No, this one, I I hadn't seen it, obviously, for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I fell asleep during it. Uh-oh. I was Joe. I fell asleep during the episode. And then I started to watch it again. And I could tell I was going to fall asleep again. <laughs> We watched this one in three parts. We did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I love anything that's about food, any of that shit. And I just could not, could not. So this is not going to be good. Um, What's about to happen, but I'm just going to try and I'm going to stare intently at my timer. Mm -hmm. All right. Here we go. Too many cooks are murder. Okay, so Max is watching this French ladies cooking show with Freeway while he polishes silver. And then there's a gross joke about fritters being boobs or something. <laughs> and then they cut to the set of the show and the ladies all blah, 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 at the end. Uh, and then her brother comes up and he's also a chef and he like tastes her face, which is not good. And then they're like, oh, we're going to this cooking class with these French people. And so they go to the cooking class and then there's a thing where that one of the chefs is like, oh, I have this recipe. It's going to change the world. Jonathan, do you want to do it? Let's meet tomorrow. And they're like, Oh, okay. And then uh, somebody turns on the gas and murders the chef. And then everyone's like, I need to find the recipe for this thing that we nobody knows what he's talking about. <laughs> and so then everything gets all torn up. And then there's a really kind of aggressive lady who makes rainbow cakes. And then they find out that his recipe was for like a shitty version of biodegradable plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that that's like kind of it, right? Mm-hmm. Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Ellen, Ellen just like seeding, seeding seconds. Wow, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That, 10 that seconds was, to spare. Look, I just, uh, that it just. Hmm. All right. I was going to, I was going to try to do this entirely from Max's perspective, but I, 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 I think that's actually too much work for me in my current state. So you'd have too hard of a boner. Well, yeah, that's. Ugh. All right. Yeah. Let, well, let's, no. let's get into it. Let's get into it. Max is watching a cooking show because he's going to a cooking demonstration at the house mm. of that chef and her husband, Maurice. Is it her husband? Uh, well, it's her brother. Brother. Uh, oh, brother. Pauline. Uh, and uh, they Pauline. go to they go to the place. They do a they do a cooking demonstration in formal wear, which is super inappropriate. Um, the the Maurice says, "I have a recipe that's going to change the world." Everyone keeps saying are you going to change your mind? And he says, no. And then he ends up dead <laughs> in the kitchen with the gas on. Uh, the hearts then realize that his recipe book is missing. Um, so they go on this hunt for that. Um, this very forward uh, sexually woman <laughs> uh, flirts with Jonathan and she makes a rainbow cake. And then they find out that that <laughs> rainbow cake recipe was one of Maurice's last recipes. Uh 
and there's the, oh my god max <laughs> not, wants to fuck the chef not sure why that matters <laughs> i don't know why why does any of this matter it this, doesn't none of this matters so i thought pauline was maurice's wife no i did, I did no. too why they did were brothers and, and you know why because he tastes her face and that's not something that you do to your sibling for me well, i you know what else that. you know what else you don't do that jennifer did twice in this episode what one, you don't put a tasting spoon in your mouth and then mm. put it Mm-mm. into the, the thing that you were tasting. That's right. disgusting. Even pre-COVID, right. that's disgusting. That's Joe said, hey, this is pre-COVID. And I said, well, it's, it's not pre-nasty. Don't do that. <laughs> Jennifer, yeah, again. That, that's a breach. When a Jonathan breach. burns his hand on a souffle, she grabs, a, she grabs some butter with her fingers and rubs mm. it on his hand mm. and then puts the butter back on the fucking dish. Oh, yeah. But Jennifer. They were, they were going to eat that butter. Jennifer. That Jennifer, that's gross. That was butter for science, not for eating. That's Although gross. That, that actually happens during the part of the episode that I actually enjoy the most, which yeah. is the, the, the montage thing. of so, cooking. Yeah, it's <laughs> when they're they're trying to figure out what Maurice's secret recipe was. And mm-hmm. the way they do that is that they divide the hearts. Is Max there? Uh, he leaves. No. He leaves. No, it's the hearts. He the drives. Hearts and, and Pauline. And Max is there at the beginning, are, but he drives Pauline to the studio because she has a oh, live right. shoot that she can't they miss. They divide oh, wait, the so recipes up there. and they're all, yeah. So they're mm-hmm. all cooking the recipes and trying to work their way through Maurice's black portfolio of recipes, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the part that I like because they're just cranking out the crazy things <laughs> and that's pretty fun. Like I would watch that for a solid hour. I, um, yes. But uh, for me, the this episode was challenging because topically I want to love it. I mean, you know, I love cooking and I love, that? I don't necessarily love food TV, but I, you know, food, the food. I get down with it. The food photography, especially in that montage, was the exact food photography from the 70s that you see all over right. the place in cookbooks, on yep. in cooking magazines, and mm-hmm. it is disgusting looking. It's, okay, I love that photography it, as photography, but it is not appetizing, appetizing as fuck. at all. It, it is, is no. so gross. The, and the first, so the first time they show this. Like they really were playing up the food angle in, yeah, the, in this episode, which, which I love. I appreciated that. But they, when Max is making chili, uh, when Pauline is coming over for dinner, he says, oh, and there's onions and cheese. And they mm-hmm. cut to a shot of half a red onion and a block of cheddar cheese. And the onion looks disease. Mm-hmm. It looks so <laughs> disgusting. Mm-hmm. It, it was so gross. And then the cooking montage, I'm like... How do you make shiny look matte? Like, what do you do? Like, yeah, what are you weird. doing to right. this? Is everything, everything shot looks, through a screen door? Matte and beige, and everything seems like it is somehow a deconstructed baked Alaska. Everything yes. seems yes. Like, yeah. like a chiffon something, right? Yeah, yes, or totally. a mer- like, like everyone, everything has a meringue on it. Everything, everything has yeah, meringue. Totally. Yeah. Everything looks whipped yet stiff. You're mixing sweet and savory in a way that is so unappetizing. It's disgusting. That's neither sweet nor savory. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'll say like the cooking glass part, I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. I mean, I don't want to wear formal wear while I'm doing that. But other than that, like that's, that's pretty awesome, right? Like he cooks you the dinner and then Mm -hmm. everybody makes the palmiers. And I will say like the demonstration that he does about making palmiers, that's how you make them. 
Mm. Right. You're like mm. folding your dough to get the layers and you're slicing it like that. And then you, you fan like, Oh, you know, the, you know what they are, right They're They look like this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so the way they're doing that is, is how you would do it. That's a credit um, to the episode. I like that. And it's cute. Like he says, Oh, it's Palmier Rockefeller because they're so rich. And it's like, I'm not sure how you would make a Palmier richer than just the basic butter sugar yeah. to, Two sprinkles of flour is there recipe, apple in but it? nope. It's just a it's just flaky. Doesn't palmier layered. mean apple? No, oh. no, that's palm, palm, palm. palm. Oh, right, uh, um, right. They didn't make a. Did they make a tartatan and from Maurice's cookbook? They I don't did. remember they, they, one. they made did everything they? from his cookbook. Uh, uh, I, I also love the the food montage in the intro for the credits. Oh my god! Mm. On an old TV where it's just <laughs> and. It's the for longest so long. walkthrough of the market ever, right? So that was when I wrote down, this episode <laughs> is filling time. And it continued to fill time the yeah. entire episode. But I like that. Were, I, I appreciated how they did it. But the end credits of the cooking show where it's just like uh, panning shots of deli cases yeah. was really that was weird. Yeah, like, I was we are like, just filling time. We need to make time. Yeah. We, it's got to be I was 45 like, this minutes. This is so long. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. like all the vegetables yeah. and then Meat. all the meats. Yeah. Because <laughs> they had to cut out a bunch of Max's dirtier jokes, I'm sure. God, he was, Max so, was horny. so horny. Like, this was so it horny was for crazy. Max. Like, you know what's worse is when Maurice is trying to help the rainbow cake aggressive lady make roll out the dough or whatever. And it's like, she's a professional chef. She knows how to roll out dough, Maurice. Like for some reason, that part, I was just like, this is grossing me out really. That was, yeah, no, that was, that. that's not cool at all. (laughs) No. In fact, it's horrible. Because my notes, as I look down, I have four things written down. It says, (laughs) I don't know why. It says, murder, recipes, creepy lady. (laughs) I have so many notes. I have a thousand notes. I I tried to write down every food pun or entendre that they did. I think I wrote down (laughs) every single one. Do it. Start with fritters. Hit it. Start with fritters. I don't want to, I don't know if I want to just read through them though. I want you to read through them. You can't make a souffle with a rotten egg is the first, I think one of the first ones. Mm -hmm. I think somebody should turn Max's oven down because he's being so horny. So that makes sense. (laughs) Or we could drive home and figure out another way to burn off to burn up the calories. Relax, Maurice. You'll stir the gastric juices. Bad for digestion. <laughs> Fun with a French cook. That's just what I'm looking for. Oh, that was my oh, favorite. That was my favorite. That was my title, favorite. Right? The cookbook title. I think they've got something cooking. Oh, okay. Maurice has uh, right. Maurice has added an annoying new ingredient. Jonathan Hart. <laughs> I wonder how I wonder how Max is doing. I think he's up there making patty cakes with Pauline. Oh, that was right. gross. That, that was disgusting. Gross. That wasn't good. Whoever did this didn't come to borrow a cup of sugar. <laughs> 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 your taste really is all in your mouth. <laughs> I, find, I actually like that line quite a bit. Yeah. I find sensual people are attracted to exotic foods. I thought I could interest you in some very and some interesting variations on old cuisine. I couldn't touch a bite. <laughs> what does that get us? Indigestion. <laughs> For all I care, you can stuff them and serve them hot under glass. <laughs> I'm sure you'll come up with something appetizing. I don't like the smell of this. 
<laughs> I guess he couldn't cut the mustard. <laughs> a little fillet of Eve. First, you slice the meat very thin and very slowly. <laughs> By the time Pauline gets back here, you'll be ready for the frozen food section. <laughs> oh my god! I know oh what the worst god. thing about cooking is. What? Cleaning up. <laughs> oh god! It was oh, so no. man. I was having a hard time writing. <laughs> you guys, my thumbs were like. like that Lightning. was so long, Joe. That was like so many. What you're really telling us is that 98% of the episode was stupid food jokes. Puns. Yes. You guys, that was better than the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking crazy how many they got in there. And they got oh, more. I I know yuck. I missed some. I did miss some. What was it? Okay, what what was it that Jennifer said when they were driving away from Mustard Guy? Oh, so I, he couldn't cut the mustard. He couldn't okay. cut the mustard. That that was when that was the only oh, time, no. surprisingly, the so only bad. time in the episode that my eyes rolled completely back into my yeah. head. <laughs> At Farthington Fast Foods warehouse, Farthington where they so there's okay, so the hearts, the, the hearts. Oh my god! How to explain this scene? Because, like, I just, like, ripped my face off and was just, like, so un- dis- in disbelief of, like, oh their stupidity. Also, the guy they talk to, stupidity. Oh, no. So, the guy, the man gets murdered. Maurice gets murdered. They go to talk to the, the like, single people who might have some idea of who did it. And the man, the man gives... He says, oh, what's what was the other? What was the murderer's name? Do we remember? He was like Clarence. Pierre. Pierre. Pierre Pierre Duval. It was Clarence. So he was was Pierre Duval. He he lists the guy who watered down the wine. Yeah. He's like Pierre is he very clearly like says this man has a motive for killing Maurice. And yet I saw him outside. How could that be? Like, he just doesn't understand on the night the man is murdered. He sees the guy who has the motive to murder the guy Mm -hmm. and yet can't put it together in his head. And then the hearts go to meet that person and don't expect to just be murdered. It's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you've, have you forgotten everything you've learned from being sleuths? (laughs) You know who I didn't like that, other couple that was at the cooking class that owns the French restaurant mm-hmm. oh, where they're arguing awful. about scallops. And they I'm were like, awful. Yeah. I'm like, how do we like lose Mr. and Mrs. Bickering? Yeah. Bickerton that- be- the, because the amazing bickering Bickertons really bugged me. I didn't I like did that. like their scene. I like their bickering scene because I, I loved the, uh, there was a lot of greenery, and then there was the yellow and white the lawn yellow, furniture, and I, I just there was also the yellow sign for the restaurant. <laughs> yellow, or it was a primary color. It was sign blue for and red. Whatever the restaurant was, blue and red. There we go. Uh, I yeah, I I the color story of that was was very pleasing for me. Mm-hmm. And again, there's something about yellow in the 70s. <laughs> like yellow just looked better in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Food looked worse, but but yellow looked <laughs> way better. Uh, oh my god, my stomach hurts so bad from my <laughs> You know, I know we we have already bagged on cooking, doing cooking class and formal wear. I feel like Pauline can do that because she is a professional chef and she is on TV. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she is so adorable and delightful to look at. Like, it's like, can we just watch fake episodes of Pauline's show instead of this made up murder thing starring the preposterous Pierre Duval, the guy that <laughs> like, it, I like his, his criminal trajectory is that he goes from being like a maitre d who waters down wine mm-hmm. to being like just a straight up someone who murders you by leaving the gas on. And it's like, yeah. wait, so Maurice is in there. I, I didn't really understand that. He must have hit him on the head, right? There's a bottle on the floor, I think. He hits him on the head and yeah. then he turns the gas on. But I it's guess. like, wow, that's a that's a really quick carbon monoxide death. Yeah. So um, well, that brings us to our one goof from the episode. The hearts enter Maurice cooking school kitchen and start coughing heavily from gas in the room. Jennifer promptly turns off the oven that is in the wall. But once, but one can see it's an electric oven, which wouldn't yeah. produce gas. Yeah. And yeah. they instantly stop coughing when the oven is turned off. They should be coughing because the room is full, filled with gas is the goof of the episode. But then Jonathan does the classic, the room is full of poisonous gas move, which is you always can find a little wooden stool in a room that's full of poisonous gas. And so you always have to throw the wooden stool through a window in oh. order to yeah. save everybody. But yeah. they didn't even save Maurice. No, like, you know, he died. Yeah, that's 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 the surprise to me where it's like, oh, he's dead. Yeah. Usually to, it's just like cough, cough. Oh, God, somebody's trying to kill me. To me, it was a satisfying death because it was the way <laughs> that Peggy tried to kill Jennifer. In, right. Um, you've been waiting. You've been waiting all uh, season. Yes. To actually die from a poisonous gas. Totally. Because you can't expect that to kill people unless you're building a universe in which that is a regular way to kill somebody. And we clearly see now that it is like he he killed him by just turning a little bit of gas on in the giant room that he was in Right (laughs) for 10 minutes. He's dead. But what you should do also before, like we know that Peggy was not going to be able to murder Jennifer with poisonous gas because looking around Jennifer's dressing room, there is not one of those little wooden stools that you would then use to throw <laughs> through a window. Right. And the only way that it can even come off is you have to have one of those little wooden stools. Otherwise, you can't break the window to discover either that somebody's already dead and you can't save them or that thank God all the gas escapes through the giant stool shaped hole in the window. <laughs> in the window. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So there was no stool, little wooden stool to save Maurice. Jonathan gives him mouth to mouth. So this is, I thought this was funny when I thought Pauline and Maurice were married because Max <laughs> calls his death so quickly. He's like, um, he's dead. He's like, yeah, he's tapping Jonathan. Yeah. Jonathan gives him on the shoulder. maybe two <laughs> breaths. And right. then Max is like, well, he's dead. Stop. Stop. And it's like, well, that's Pauline not has zero reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Pauline does not mourn Maurice's no. death at all. It's like the next scene and there, it feels like it's two years later at minimum. She's based like on wearing her reaction. that bomb purple dress, mm-hmm. but she's yeah. like, let's, let's look for the recipes. Oh <gasps> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, I guess they just weren't that close. Maybe is the answer to that, which is yeah. fine. And although realistic. they were so close that you thought they were married. Yeah, that's true. Which thought, to me is already a problem if we can't tell that they're brother and sister. Yeah. I thought it was really funny that Max was calling that death so soon because he was so horny for Pauline. I thought he was trying to say, your husband's dead. He's dead. 
So you need to move on with me. But it, I guess that's not the case because they were brother and sister. Oh, Max. But maybe they were like brother and sisters who also fucked. Did, did anyone else? No, 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 no. I, I just want to, well, I want to call out Pauline's formal wear, although it was like ice skater colored, um, like nude <laughs> colored, but oh, the yeah. beadwork was lovely and she, looked, she looked very cute. I like Pauline. I like her too. She was great. Yeah. I don't like Maurice. And I hate Pierre Duval. Maurice yeah. was annoying. Pierre was. I don't miss Maurice when he, when Maurice is dead. I don't miss him. I'm with Pauline on that yeah, one. I'm I, like, I don't <gasps> miss him either. <laughs> yeah. I don't miss his fake accent. No, uh, that was really quite a lot. I did couldn't any, deal with so it. So, did anyone else notice <laughs> at the end of <laughs> at the end of the scene where uh, Maurice? tastes Pauline's face after the cooking show Uh, and he leaves Pauline stares directly into the camera and smiles smiles. (laughs) yeah it's so cute I oh my god (laughs) this episode is lazy as fuck her face though she's so cute she sort of looks like a strange Diane Ladd Jenna Rollins hybrid made like a made for television hybrid of yeah. those two actresses totally. and her, her hair is delightful and i think the fact that she does that weird smile she also has kind of like her smile the specific smile is sort of like diane weist like lost boys smile just like hmm like just the little swinchy eyes and it's just so sweet so i love pauline again i don't like it if brothers and sisters are tasting each other's faces and then having kind of like flirty banter where she's like, Ooh, you're so bad. And then she smiles into the camera, but perhaps she was just smiling because they have um, a very professional black cameraman. <laughs> I, I, Maybe. her looking directly into the camera, which was not part of her show, but part of the show that we were watching Mm-hmm. Fucking killed me. Like I, I. <laughs> she broke through the wall. She I did. thought about Pauline that. breaks through the wall. I thought about that for the next like twenty minutes of the episode. <laughs> it was there were a lot of times where I felt myself just being distracted, or my mind would just yeah. drift off during this episode. Mm-hmm. It was it was a hard one to stay focused on. It was very Muppety again. It was like there's some kind of mystery we're solving that all these parts go together, like this car is put together in a certain way and it forms a satellite dish. <laughs> kind of had that vibe, like but flubber. Just, just like that episode, just like uh, uh, Death on the Slow Lane, mm-hmm. which was like a Muppet Show comic episode. Caper, They yeah. filled it with dirty-ass jokes. Like, yeah. it was way dirtier <laughs> than a lot of... like. Like, it was really, really aggressive. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess I like I got distracted because I was thinking about who is killing the great chefs of Europe. <laughs> a movie which now I realize the two of you have not seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but this doesn't necessarily, except for the fact that somebody kills a European chef, <laughs> there's not <laughs> a lot in common with it. But it also doesn't have sort of like the super stylish aspects of that film. I don't know. I enjoyed that. Is film. there, a, is there a cooking montage? Is there food photography? There, well, yeah. Yes. Is there a, <laughs> it's a, it's a murder mystery. Is there a slow pan across a deli case? 
Not that I can recall, yeah, and nothing one. could ever ever a- touch that. <laughs> what is her cooking show called? Do, um, we, do you remember? Making patty cakes at with, home with Pauline. <laughs> with Pauline, but so she's like Pauline Simone is her name, right? Yes, she's just like Julia Childs, basically, right? Who is American? Yeah, but but, yeah. Uh, but she's like Jacques but, Pepin. Yeah, uh, mm. That I kept thinking of Jacques Pepin. Oh, who I love. I don't know who that is. Uh, He's adorable and brilliant. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I can't. Did he make vegetable based plastic? I don't think so. Because that's not. Well, a thing let's be real. Actually... Neither did Maurice. Yeah. No, apparently the only person that did is Stanley. And uh, <laughs> so... Stanley. <laughs> okay. A rewrite corner, if I may, is the. Please. So. You may. Deanne. Right? Just this once. Or is it Dina? Deanne. Oh my the god! Secretary? Yeah. Deanne. Oh my god. Deanne. What the fuck? Because I oh can never he- understand. I can never understand when you guys and them pronounce her name. Deanne. And I thought I've read Dina before. No. Okay. Where would you read that? Was Dina the other girl at the party <laughs> that Eric was confused with? Deanne. No. 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 Who's Dina then? Nobody. Hey, no, there Dina? is no Dina. Oh, okay. There is no Dina, only Zool. <laughs> so <laughs> you, they always kind of have only Zool. <laughs> they always kind of have Deanne and Stanley sort of in the same area. Yes, they they're usually together. they're usually always in in the show together. And you need to do a long con love thing with them. You need to do that. It was oh, so like a moonlighting, a, lo- a moonlighting thing. Yes, yeah, yeah, Sammy is married. married. Well, you with need to, children. First of all, you need to not have him married. For like, cancel that. Too late. He's at the party and he's hitting on women, and you're you're on his side because he's this nerdy accountant guy, and you love Stanley because he's not married. He's not trying to cheat on his wife. He's trying to just get with a girl, and him and Deanne she's kind of repulsed by him, and then he slowly mm-hmm. wins her over by having all this heart. And that's the story you need to be telling with these characters. I like this rewrite because I I, yeah. I will say, I think the only reason we hate Stanley so much, I mean, aside from his former ineptitude, is because he was skeezing on his wife yeah. at the Hearts. Hall, but, it wasn't a holiday party, but it was some sort of party. Just, it was the it's like party giant, Peggy, was, where Peggy the, goes to kill Jenna. Yeah. It was a giant shrimp cocktail party. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, we don't right. like him because of that. That's the only reason. And Yeah, because so in this episode, I kept thinking like... I have a different reason why I don't like him. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to ask for that. As yeah. As as yeah, no, I'm, I'm just waiting. <laughs> uh, I, I, in this episode, I was like, Stanley is comedy gold. Mm-hmm. He's like, I kind of... Like his presence yeah. in this episode. He's funny. He's just like slapstick humor. Sort he of. made this presentation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on these yeah. giant boards, which I was just like, in 1980, you would have had to spend <laughs> more than a day like at the print shop to oh, make this, this fucking thing. No, that looked like gouache painted handmade. <laughs> oh no. His, I trust me, his, his lettering he had, he is had not the art, that good. He had the heart art department. <laughs> No, Deanne that. made it. And I it think was, Deanne made yeah, it. It was all about Far- Farthington it. fast food market shares mm-hmm. presentation. That scene, though, had some of the most genuine comedic moments. That there was some great back and forth. Yeah, there was. A, well, there were there was the repetition of lines that mm-hmm. I thought was really clever. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I I don't know. Like, sold it to who? Sold it to who? Sold it to who? Good. 
was really cute. Like the and Stanley, d- that actor delivered that dialogue really, really well. Yeah, and uh, you know they kind of made him goofy, and you know he falls over and blah 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 because we're not supposed to like Stanley for some reason, right? Because he's married. I guess it's because he's married. From episode one, <laughs> they should have had a Deanne Stanley. Will they? Won't they? Obviously, they won't. But then the end, they do, and it's great. And like there's a new couple for season two. That's what I would have done because he, he's nerdy. He's stumbling all over himself, but in the end he has got a lot of heart and she falls in love with that. You know, Ellen's shaking her head. Yeah. No, we're both kind of like, no, <laughs> that would have filled me I with mean, so much joy. Stanley and Deanne, like that's, they have the great chemistry and those characters are awesome. And it's fun to see where they intersect with, Jonathan and Jennifer. Mm-hmm. For me, it's not about Stanley, the character as he is fleshed out in the show. I'm just not that interested in that kind of comic relief because I don't have a sense of humor like that. It's mm-hmm. like how I don't laugh at Caddyshack. Like, I just, I don't think it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it is very clearly comic relief. <laughs> That's, yeah. His like bumbling stuff isn't funny to me. Yeah. No. But I, I did think he was funny when he was giving the presentation. I like him as a character though. Uh, yeah, the dialogue is, is snappy. And I, I do, I like Deanne and Stanley together. I don't like Stanley on his own. Or more, more, just more interplay between them, I think is what I want. Yeah. Because she's, they're so opposite. And I like that. Yeah. Deanne's like, Cool and yeah. competent. And, She's got big red and glasses. And Stanley is just holding on by a thread. <laughs> yeah. Deanne wouldn't get with Stanley. No. Period. Hell no. I don't know. I yeah. think he's kind of attractive physically. We'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Will we? No, we won't. Do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> so the, the other thing that I wanted to bring up was at the at the cooking demonstration party, everyone kept asking Maurice, so are you going to change your mind? And he kept saying, no. And so for a moment I was like, is there a cult situation going on? Because Ooh, <laughs> cooking cult. Everyone my keeps my question him. was, if he already said no to those people, why the fuck did he invite them to that demonstration? Because they donated or something? Like, I don't know. The, the only way that I've ever seen any sort of thing like what is presented in the show is these are donors to some sort of cause that won a cooking demonstration by a famous chef. Well... Okay, know. so then we're we're figuring like that those people bought tickets to the demonst- demonstration in order to curry favor with Maurice. Yeah, is thing. And the Hearts got their free tickets because Maurice actually wants Jonathan to do it. And then he shows up and he's all, "There's those stupid motherfuckers that I said couldn't have my shitty biodegradable plastic recipe." That doesn't work. Yeah, that doesn't work. And actually, if you kind of look at the recipe and listen to what they're saying <laughs> yeah. when they're looking for it, it's just sort of like. <laughs> Canola it's oil, like a An really egg, gross, egg whites. a really gross meringue. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's just a meringue recipe that like wouldn't yuck, turn purple. Yucky by meringue. The way. But they Would gave it. Turn purple. They gave Jennifer another very dumb moment of. I didn't like that. The whole point of all of that cooking at the end of the episode was to figure out what this recipe, this mysterious recipe, was that Maurice <laughs> had made to craft mm-hmm. something. He was a chemist, so obviously mm-hmm. he had created something. And then Jennifer's like, "Oh, my sauce is burning. Oh, wait, it's weird and goopy." And then Jonathan is sort of trying to be like, "Well, this is the thing." And Jennifer's like, "What thing?" And he's yeah. like, "It's the thing that we've been looking for. What thing we've been looking for?" It's like that sort. Of, and I'm just like. It was, a, it was a threes company moment. Yeah, I'm just like you. Uh, Halsey isn't 
<laughs> looking at her because that was his plan all along. What are you talking about? Like it brings me back to that. And I don't, I love Jennifer. Clearly I love Jennifer. I don't mm-hmm. like them giving her these moments of just pure airheaded stupidity. And I don't, it really repulses I, me. I've been thinking about this because mm-hmm. uh, it's come up multiple times. Yeah. Uh, even before the Halsey incident, <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I think we need to unpack this a little bit more because I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not sure what it is that's really happening. Like, are you, I know in the past we've had conversations where you guys were sort of felt like this idea of Jennifer that you had that the the arc for the character or the dialogue or her reaction mm-hmm. was sort of a letdown because your idea of her is that she's just a hundred percent like super competent, like Badass. career lady. She's sexy. Like she has it all right. Jennifer Hart right. has it all right. and she, she can do it all and she doesn't need this or that. And so then I feel like ever since that was established and set on high, any of these other moments where she has these little foibles or mm-hmm. even like just softer moments, mm-hmm. um, that you seem very disappointed in that. <laughs> yeah. And so, so I'm sort I'm interested in that because what ends up happening is it's a critique of the character. When you say that she has another moment where she just is dumb. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I'm just interested. I'm interested in that because we've also had this conversation before where for me as the female identifying person breaking apart these episodes with you, I have none of those feelings mm. about her character doing that. Like I just, I just, it just doesn't even matter to me. And I think for me, it's because I already know she does all those other things. I don't care that she says something or that she's like Jonathan or that she doesn't throw him the gun or whatever. So it's it's the bigger issue that I don't I don't care about it or I don't know. It's just interesting. Like that you have if, a her, if her character did not have any moments like that, how then would it read? Like how would that be? Well, yeah. I, I'll say I'll say that I didn't have that feeling about her in this episode, but I also didn't have a lot of feelings in this episode. <laughs> um, this episode yeah. was 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 vacant. Um, yeah. And, and it, I, I allowed it to be vacant because it's a vacant episode. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a throwaway. But I do, I, I feel like it's, it's exactly what I said when we had this discussion previously. For the um, other Muppet episode. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are written characters. These are, these are not yeah. real people. We're not, we're not exploring the real lives of, of people. We're exploring uh, characters that are, that are written by writers. And when you present to us a character who contain who contains and expresses particular characteristics, when you deviate from that, it is a lie. It's it feels like a lie. And this is again mm-hmm. like this. This goes back to seventies uh, television, seventies and eighties television, serialized television up until the last ten years, where we weren't paying as close attention to Mm. the characters and how it's written and how like you can't suddenly make Daenerys the mother of dragons uh fall down and and like be be upset that she stained her dress like you can't do that right because it's that's not the character I'm aware that these are not real people I want to be clear about that are you I just I just don't I just (laughs) for me it's what I'm really saying is that those moments don't jump out to me. And what interests me is not a critique of how Joe feels about Jennifer screaming for Jonathan or not being able to kick a gun Mm -hmm. (laughs) is just that it's interesting to me that 
I'm not keying into this thing about a female yeah. character, mm-hmm. but you are, and it's and it's important to you in a way like where yeah. where it's come up repeatedly. And I'm just sort of, I just don't even to me it's like somebody's brushing sugar off a shelf 1,500 miles away. Like I don't <laughs> give a shit. I don't know what's happening. I can't hear it, and it's of no consequence to me. And I guess maybe I it says more about me being desensitized to the need of mass media to have characters that may be mothers of dragons, but in order to uh, get to the place where you're the mothers of dragons, some man has to write a storyline about you where you're raped and then you marry that person. Yeah. So for me, I think it's more a reflection of just being so used to having to ignore that shit. That's why I don't mm-hmm. care. Right. And like, I, I appreciate that you have a, such a belief in the Jennifer character and mm-hmm. that you hold her in high esteem and, and have these expectations that are fully understandable based on how they've set, set up the back backstory for the character. But I realize that for me, it's just not a thing because why would it be any different from all the other things, you know, mm. it's like the pendulum always just swings one way or the other. It's either like a million percent superwoman or some bullshit thing like you get raped and then you marry them and then you have <laughs> yeah. a bunch of fucking dragons. Dragon babies. <laughs> yeah. Right? I, yeah. I've been... Like you're not allowed to have these layers. You're not allowed to have moments where maybe you don't fucking want to kick a gun. Yeah. Or maybe you are not. Maybe you are at the top of a ski mountain and you don't understand what the fuck mm-hmm. is going on. And that, that might not be about being a woman. Totally. That might be about just being a person, person who's doing this crazy thing. dying. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I have thought a lot about the, something that I've said on the podcast before, which I don't actually know if it made the cut of the episode, but I said that her, when she gets really raunchy, it kind of weirds yeah. me out. It makes you uncomfy, which is like uncomfy is like my favorite thing you've ever said. Well, I got that from TikTok. On the podcast or off it. But that. Is that where your internet videos are? That's my internet videos. (laughs) I got that. I got that from TikToks. But I thought about that since saying it because it was a weird thing to say. And I, I just think it was a misogynistic. I because I am a cis male. It is, that's my perspective. And that was, it's a misogynistic play. I just know it is. I don't exactly know how, but it is. And I just know it is. Mm -hmm. And I don't fully understand why or how, but I know it's coming from, and these moments where I'm calling her out on being so stupid in that way (laughs) is a misogynistic thing. And it is. And I'm, I do know that and I hate that it it grosses me out that I am that way for sure. But I've been at fault for that before being a gay man, cis white male has made me think in the past that it's okay to be a little bit misogynistic. Yeah. I've fallen into that trope of gay men. And so it is coming from that a little bit. I know it is. And I know it's partially I'm disappointed in the character because I know it's written by men and it's it's the dark side of holding something sacred, I think. It's mm. it's holding this female character so sacred that she's not allowed to have little moments of imperfection and that's the downside to that. 
and it's, you know, I have my own lens that I'm viewing the world through and this is mm. just fucking mixed up in that messy lens. And it really is. And I've, I've thought about that saying that on the podcast since I said it and it, it makes me uncomfortable that I have these weird because she's the female character and I'm, I, I don't, I just don't fully understand where it's coming from right now. Oh, I think that's super interesting. And I mean, I yeah. think there's ways to, to go as deep as you're, as you're going with it and thinking about it. But I think there's also, mm-hmm. it, it can be much more superficial in essence that it's like, look, you like a character, you root for that character, mm-hmm. you have expectations. And when ca- our characters let us down, it's very disappointing. You know, you yeah. want more, you have hopes for that character because you are partially living that experience with them. Right. And, you know, and, that's part of it. But I also think that the flip side of that in terms of this show is that Jonathan's character, we never see him break Mm -hmm. from these things. Like, I feel like you can be like Sarah slash Maggie and just automatically guess what Jonathan's going to do, how he's going to react across the entire series. Totally, totally. It's very, very consistent. Yeah. It's very reliable. Mm -hmm. Which is a less interesting character. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, it's it's great (laughs) in that sense, right? Because he's just the rock, right? You know what Jonathan's going to do. He's Jonathan Hart. So he has these, you know, XYZ characteristics. And it's awesome. And Robert Wagner really occupies that. And it's, you know, he really makes the most of it. So when he does playful things like that goofy Marlowe thing, it's really fun because it breaks character a little bit, but it also it lets you see how someone who's as fun as Jennifer is allowed to be mm-hmm. as emotional and, and unique and adventurous as Jennifer is allowed to be. Then you can see why she would be drawn to Jonathan more when he has a more playful side, right? She's allowed to be spontaneous and playful and to kind of not care what other people think because she's not Jonathan Hart. So it's interesting to me, like, Jennifer is is the character that is going to have those moments that are more just more about feeling and a little more complicated and a little more layered, right? Because yeah. the characters around her, like Max is just more of like the ultimate renaissance man, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. the fun of, the fun of Max is that he's the most interesting man in the world. Yes. But for mm. Jennifer, she's just always kind of got these things like it's always just pulling something else out of the hat and it's bananas Mm -hmm. so i don't know but Mm -hmm. i think it's you know if if it makes you ask yourself some questions about how you see women i think pop culture is a great barometer and lens through which to ask ourselves those questions and i think that almost any show that has a character that speaks to you can be that foil and can be that impetus. And I think that's great. I mean, it's the same with books. It's the same, you know, with, with all that stuff. And that's why we do it. That's why we create these characters. It's because we are either reflecting our own images, our, our hopes for like who we would like to be, or, you know, just to ask ourselves questions. Like it's, Mm. it's great. Heart to heart. Who knew? I'm thinking back to the pilot episode when there was a moment when Jonathan is shaking her. And <laughs> I remember talking about this where her neck is just like turkey limp. <laughs> you remember this moment? Turkey limp. I do remember it's that. Just like, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it's just, it feels like a Tennessee Williams play where it's this wow. level of drama that just is not, it, it doesn't, that doesn't, 
ring true to the character to me. And so, yeah, I don't, I just, I think back to that and there's been moments all along where it's like, Oh, men are writing this character. And well, I think not that's, just men. Like there, there are a lot of female writers on our jar. Oh, there are. And this episode oh. in- included, uh, that's but cool. It's, it, that's not it. I think what our issue is, well, I, I'm talking for myself. I'm not going to talk for, for you. <laughs> uh, my issue is that, we are in an era of television where every episode is written by different people and there is no concern for continuity of character as much as there is now. Like we're, yeah, we, w- yeah. we would never see a character like who is a math genius in one episode, um, not know how to like convert uh, a centimeter to an inch right, right. in the next episode. Yeah. Like there, these just little things, these little things mm-hmm. that we we now myopically focus on, mm-hmm. which weren't focused on in this time. Which this has come up so many times during this podcast, uh, but it's it's true, it's true, and it's hard to divorce our current media consumption brains mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the brains of the media consumptive brains of the people of 1979, 1980. Yeah. It's a different world. It's a completely different world. Like this show was never meant to be watched over and over again. This show was right. You was, couldn't watch it over. No, and over again. <laughs> yeah. It, it was designed to be a one-off. It was ephemeral. Mm-hmm. Um, but the strength of it has made it last as long as it has. Yeah. So I'm I'm fully into this, and I'm I'm super into exploring how we feel about these characters episode to episode as opposed to just as an arc, like, Mm -hmm. like, cause we already just love Jennifer. Yeah. And I do think, I think Jonathan is set up as this Uber mensch and he's, it's really annoying a lot of times. Like this episode in particular, it was another action episode for Jonathan. Yeah. Because I feel like we had a couple of girly episodes. There was a hair salon episode, (laughs) you know, whatever. So we got to have an action episode. This is the same Mm -hmm. thing that happened with murder between friends and well, no, 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 sorry. Uh, with this gun, Ivy wed is what I was talking about. Mm. Uh, the one in Monaco. The one in uh, Monte Carlo. In We Monte Carlo, Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting. Uh, it's interesting that this show is the mirror. I, I don't know. Like for me to have that moment of oh, I said something kind of dumb. <laughs> and reflecting that and I, I just know it is it's like implicit bias there's this level of that that needs to be okay i think to talk about and there's a level of misogyny that i think needs to be okay to talk about and i think to it have. is it is okay to talk about mm-hmm. it's, it's just that we we need to actually talk about it yeah like it can't just be um declarative statements right over the top of other people <laughs> yeah like it has to actually be <laughs> talked about it has to be c- conversed sure. in private too not with an oh, audience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ellen just Ellen left. Just left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it got to racism and she slid out of the <laughs> Zoom chat. Ellen was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I, go. I can't talk about racism. Anyways. Mon Dieu. We have fucking <laughs> digressed the fuck out uh, once Mon again. Mon Dieu. So, okay. Ugh. Here's, uh, I'm going to, can I jump into rewrite corner really quick? Yeah. Welcome. It's again. Not, it's not, am I able to stop you? <laughs> no. I, actually, yeah. If you just said stop, I would stop. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't do that. They, That's not fair. So my, it's not. A, I guess it's not a re. Well, it is a rewrite, but it's not like rewrite, right? Uh, it's another tonal <laughs> shift. Like I just, I feel like what we got today 
was another Muppet Show episode <laughs> based on another movie. Mm. The humor was so good in some of these moments. But the best thing to me was the, what, Pierre or whatever, the French killer dude. Pierre Duval. Pierre was legit scary because he was so unhinged. Like <laughs> every shot of him, I was like, this motherfucker is crazy. Like he was so nuts. Yeah. And I just he, thought. He should be with Peggy. He was like scary. He was Peggy level scary or the cop in cop out level scary. Mm -hmm. To me, he so was it's like paint either, Jennifer dead scary. I, I'm going back to mm -hmm. like my my love of the long goodbye and and the main villain like the big villain in the long goodbye is this little dude who who is you know he's just a gangster he runs numbers he's got like whatever but he does the most horrifying things and it's you you become afraid of him because he does these horrifying things we get this guy this little French dude. Mm -hmm whose only joy in life is to kill for his master, he apologizes to Mr. Marsh, which was one of the most disturbing scenes in the episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like the, he apologizes to him for not murdering somebody. And then he like ties up Eve and does the filet of Eve thing. That was creepy. Which yeah. was, yeah. if you, if you divorce <laughs> the terrible dialogue from it, that's a horrifying scene. He was going to cut her cheek. He was going to cut her face. Yeah. Like he was going to cut this tied up woman's face. And the way he threw Whatever. that knife. Whatever my ass. Like that shit was scary. <laughs> he, he was really scary. P no, Pierre was kind of a fuck up though, to be honest. He did not do his job well. He had the heart in the palm of his hand in Farthington fast food. <laughs> He got mustard all over his face. So what was that was a really funny scene because it was mm -hmm. there were boxes and they were all labeled with giant stamp letters. Oh my god! Ketchup, chili paste, mustard, chili paste, chili paste. <laughs> and the way they foil him, they Jonathan pushes a stack of boxes on top of Pierre, which is the heart's favorite weapon. And the boxes right. are labeled clearly paper plates. <laughs> So they're Good. probably one or two pounds per box. Still yeah. heavy. No, yeah. it's still no heavy. a box of paper plates. For Pierre, kill it's gonna be heavy. Pierre cannot be bothered. It's not to gonna lift. kill Pierre, no. but it's so, gonna hurt. So Pierre gets up after the boxes fall on him, and its head mm -hmm. is covered in mustard, which yeah. is obviously supposed to be funny. But mm -hmm. the way that I, I actually, okay, this is so silly, but it's true. One, it wasn't mustard; it was yellow paint. Uh, so it was like, <laughs> it was bright fucking yellow. Yes. And the next shot, like he gets up, he's covered in mustard. Ha ha, funny. The next shot is him from behind shooting at the hearts. And I was like, this is actually fucking awesome. Like, this is really mm. scary. He's mm. he's covered in yellow paint and all you can see is yellow and he's shooting a gun at you. That's terrifying. And then he runs out and he's still got the mustard on his face. See, it's, it's all supposed to. And then Jennifer makes the joke. He couldn't cut the mustard. It's supposed to be funny, but it could have been really scary. And I wish they would have leaned into the scary because I think it would have made the funny stuff funnier. I just think I, I want Pierre to be scarier. He's already scary to me, but I want him to be like even more malevolent. Like just I want him to enjoy <laughs> his job more. I think I think for me, it's like there's two different things happening there story-wise, or there could have been. This is not a rewrite. This is like, why do we have to have Mr. Marsh 
and Pierre yeah. Duval. Yes, totally. Why is Pierre acting as the henchman mm-hmm. for Mr. March? Like, I feel like Pierre on his own is obviously kind of like he's a wine diluting scumbag. I know that's not his worst crime, but I'm obsessed with how he watered down wine because that's yeah. such a fucked up thing to do in that's my mind. Terrible. It's terrible. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like the storyline of just Pierre wanting to get back at Maurice and take something from Maurice is enough. Like, I feel like Mr. Marsh just doesn't necessarily need to be there, but that he neutralizes Pierre in many ways. And it kind of makes Pierre into something that's confusing where it's, he's Mm -hmm. not allowed to be, he's can be neither fully malevolent and, and super sinister nor can he be like the butt of every joke. There's mm-hmm. just, it's just, he's in limbo. He's in a purgatory because they felt the need to combine those two elements. When in reality, there's actually a whole nother group. The the bickering Bickertons um, <laughs> are actually there to fulfill the role of being the competitors uh, to try and buy Maurice's magic yet apparently shitty plastic recipe. Mm. So, it's, I just feel like there's something, I don't know why Pierre couldn't stand on, on his own, but I think that it's a good performance in terms of like hitmen slash villains, but it's just like Pierre's character just has too much to do too little or vice versa. It just doesn't I quite think it's work. because I, so I think for me, it was that he was too dumb to be the main villain. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. he, Which to me is, way more terrifying like that's Mm. way scarier Uh, like someone who doesn't have uh who doesn't have financial gain like and this is just like my this is just from living in america it's just Um, vengeful the the enemy that doesn't have financial gain from being a monster is Mm -hmm. even scarier (laughs) like because because the one that's just like trying to get the money we all know who that monster is like that's obvious no, but, it but scares one, people when there's no clear motive. But the person that mm. that monster can manipulate is the one that's coming after you. That's scary. Well, but Pierre wow. also has the thing, much like you have to have a small wooden stool to throw through a window when a room is filled with poisonous gas. Um, anytime there is even just a minor heavy, a major villain, anytime somebody is saying they're going to cut somebody's fucking face. That's immediately like, it's like, ding, 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 ding. like this person <laughs> is a psycho. Like yeah. that's just one of the standard totally. things where it's like, if you want people to know that this character is a psychopath, have them cut somebody's face yeah. or just threaten to cut somebody's face or do the thing where they just press the knife against somebody's face because immediately everyone knows that that is one of the main signs of this person is fucked in the head. Yeah. I just found Pierre to be kind of a dumb shit who fucked everything up in the end. He fucked every single step of the way. <laughs> he pulled the hearts to meet him at Farthington fast food factory <laughs> And that's what they they linked that back immediately. Yeah, no, they figured it all yeah. out. Even Stanley, even Stanley linked it back to <laughs> yeah. fucking Stanley, the big villain, and that was Pierre's fault. And even the the main villain is like, "Are you fucking serious? You told them to meet you there." And he's like, <laughs> "Pierre is like, they weren't supposed to live." And true, yeah, I mean, you failed. had a gun. You chose to to stand across the room from them, much like the art villain from. 
paint Jennifer dead. You stood across Co- the room from her. Yeah, color Jennifer dead. Yeah. Uh, you stood across the room from them with a, a handgun, which I know uh-huh. is not the most accurate weapon based on all the movies I've seen with guns in them. <laughs> And you chose to do that. And it's just like, you fucked this up so hard. And what I think is really funny is the main villain. What was his name? March. Uh, March, March. Mr. March. Mr. March. Wait, I have him up. He, I think it's March. Yeah. He I said. Saying March. I think it's March. As the main. Frank March. As the major. So I thought, I thought March was going to kill Pierre every time they were in a room together. Oh, he should have. That I, probably would have He really should have at the beginning murdered mm-hmm. Pierre. Well, that's the other thing. He's the, like, Frank March is the only person that the craziest one in the episode is afraid of. Yeah. So we're supposed to be more afraid of Frank March. And he, if he had killed Pierre, he would have gotten off. I think scot free. He would have gotten away. But Pierre fucked everything up for him. And but the the major thing that March says to Pierre is, "You're gonna be you're if like if you fuck this up, you're gonna be managing a taco stand in Guatemala." Oh and my god! That's, he Which says sounds it, amazing. It sounds no, amazing. Exactly what we we were like, that. <laughs> that sounds incredible. But he says it as if it's like the worst fate we a like, man can that suffer. That sounds great. Like, yeah, what? that sounds terrific. So, yeah. Based on what Pierre is doing now, yeah, that sounds great for Pierre. So the, yeah. you you bringing that up makes me want to talk about Eve. Can we talk about Eve for a minute? Yeah, sure. Yes. So Eve, who was at the cooking demonstration and then who she was. has this crazy crazy flirtation session with Jonathan. I thought you were going to say cake. She also makes a crazy ass cake. Uh, but what was Eve's story? Uh, like, can you ever yeah. imagine, can you imagine yourself Eve. being so horny that you're okay? So you're <laughs> licking a spatula and you try to get the man you're after to lick the spatula. You're standing like right up against him. I've done kitchen. this so I can, I can talk to him. And then he it. turns around <laughs> and walks across the room to get away from you and you walk an inch <laughs> right behind, behind him, him. Yeah. and then you practically jump on his back. Yeah. Yeah. And then he turns around and you're right there. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. I just am so, and it, maybe it's the thing where I see myself in her so much that I'm scared. That's I, yeah, that's because I see, that's I just for me. <laughs> immediately pictured myself doing that and being so embarrassed vicariously through her that I was just like, are I, you into food? Mr. Hart? Yeah. And like lick my spatula. Lick my spatula. Are you into food, Mr. Hart? I hate cake. (laughs) Um, For me, so Eve endures a lot. Like, first of all, she gets hashtag me too by fucking Maurice. So then I'm like, I don't care that Maurice is dead. Oh, fuck Maurice. Um, No one likes Maurice. But then Eve is like, 10 seconds later, not only has she stolen the recipe portfolio and stuffed it in the trash underneath her sink in her weird cake baking home wrecking lady house. I don't know. (laughs) Um, The cake, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I love candy rainbows or whatever. Like I was just like, "That that is not the cake that the old ass French chef is going to no, make. No, no, it was disgusting. No. And I know that's not the point, but the, where she's hitting on Jonathan, it's like of the millions of awkward people hitting on Jonathan scenes. Mm-hmm. It's the absolute worst because he totally does a thing where she holds out the, her finger as if he's supposed to suck on it or something. And he's like, <laughs> like taps the 
weird meringue and like puts his own finger in his mouth. Mm-hmm. So ho- Eric, I hope that redeems him from when he stuck his finger in the hot tub and, uh, and nothing is ever going to redeem him. For that. He had oh, okay. so much well, diarrhea. It was worth the shot. I'm sorry. And Jennifer, Jennifer, strike one. You you the spoon. You, the t- you ate off a spoon and then put it yeah. back in the the pot of food that you tasted. I don't know. That's yeah. I don't think that's that. Although they weren't deal. serving the food to anybody, they were just going through. That the was rest. when Pauline was coming over for dinner. Oh, gross. Gross, okay. right? So, okay, also the, the <laughs> so the Bickertons, I have a I had a note about the Bickertons. Uh-huh. Uh, the the what what was their restaurant? Chez Voltaire? Something just hilariously high school French fake restaurant. Yeah. Yes. So, when they were arguing, the like uh the woman is extremely angry at the guy for whatever reason, and he is also angry with her <laughs> for no reason. And he says to her, when I met you, you were cooking in bus depots. Yeah. Right. That was weird. And she totally, like, he totally touches her nerves. Yeah. yeah. No, she, like, she was she's like, like, oh, you got me no, there. You didn't. You got yeah. me there. No, you didn't. But that, I love that. So here's what cracked me up about that was <laughs> that it was like her desire, her passion for the culinary arts led her to cook in bus depots because that was the only place <laughs> yeah, that they would let her cook. So she was like, I'll sling these hot dogs. That's fine. I it's it's one step closer <laughs> to, really, to running Shea Voltaire. Yeah. I feel like the way that he, he said it was he was like two steps away from being like, and then you gave birth behind the gas station and threw it in the dumpster. Yeah. Oh, God. I feel like that's totally he's how just he like yeah. Yeah, the way he that said way. it was yeah. so threatening and yeah. so classist and weird. And yeah. it's like, I don't know that any you know, like if he was saying that to Pauline. I could see that being like a really, you know, a useful tool to weaponize someone's own uh, life story against them. But because it's just this lady, it's just like Madame Bickerton, you know, like who gives a fuck? Like why would they say that? And then like, but it just immediately put me on her side. Like I was just immediately on her side. I was like, well, she apparently loves cooking. I know. She made the most of that little. She did. As she like the way she reacted, it was like, oh, yeah. But like, the thing so that they're they're funny. arguing about is scallops, and then I just always think scallops. of like scallops. that thing where where it's like it's it's top chef, not top of scallops. <laughs> that really <laughs> the bus depot thing is so funny because it really speaks to a misunderstanding of what a chef just a path in a career of a chef would be like you start at a bus depot, <laughs> like a cafeteria in a bus depot. But, it could but be, isn't the, but the husband is the chef at the restaurant. She's not the chef, right? Cause yeah. she's like, why don't you make the whatever? Yeah. So then he's, then he's popping off to her about how she was in the bus depot. And it's like, what are you playing at? Oh, shit. I yeah, yeah what no, are you I, at? I love that because it, it was such a that was like a miss that was a misguided insult. Yeah. It was like, oh, I'm gonna yeah. we're gonna we're gonna show the audience that you're you're worthless. And it was and I immediately was just like, well, no, she apparently just really loves cooking. <laughs> she right. <laughs> making sandwiches. He, he yeah, expands too. He says something about sandwiches, like pastrami. Yeah, sandwiches no, he's and- he's like. 
you'd still be slinging, slinging pastrami sandwiches haters, and hot dogs or whatever. And I'm like, gonna hate. haters going to hate, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, that's the last thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Should we do it? I don't really uh, have one. I just one, wish but. I was eating a croque madame yeah. right now. Me too. For that sounds so good. Pick your poke. I'm first. Who was the the Roy Scheider looking guy? Was that Mr. Marks? I think was that uh, Mr. March. Frank March. Mr. March. Okay, so him and Pierre, they had angles and moments where, for both of them, I was like, "Oh, you're kind of cute," and then they had other moments where I was like. Oh, you're repulsive and I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to choose both of them as my pokes, as my evil cook pokes. And I'm not excited about it. I had to choose one. Maurice is a close second, honestly. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, wow. wow. Uh, uh, <laughs> I feel like uh, uh, everyone could hear uh, Ellen's Ellen is jaw cho- drop. She's choking uh, on a meringue right now. <laughs> Uh, um, and then Max third. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Uh, why'd you say it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, I just speak. I had to speak my truth. <laughs> Ellen, you're next. Yes, yes. Um, uh, Pauline, she's cute. She's, she's friendly. She's successful. Yeah. She dresses good. She cooks. Yes. Her brother's dead, so you don't have to worry about that fucking creeper <laughs> asking if he asking if he can watch or something. Mm-hmm. There was a moment also when Max was in that apron, and I was like, "Damn, he looks good <laughs> in that apron." <laughs> and then I realized, like, aprons just kind of make every man look. I think, good. Yeah, I think Joe's got an apron thing. Mm-hmm. I'm about to buy a bunch of aprons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am taking a page from Ellen's playbook. Ooh. And switching genders. My poke is Optophilia. My poke is the chocolate cream tort thing. Oh, how American they made. Yeah. of you. Because it was the only thing that looked good in that photography. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it it just really looked good. Like I really want to raw dog that chocolate cream <laughs> tort thing. Um, other than that, like there was nothing in this episode for me. Really? Like I, I was really like we so we watched this episode in three chunks. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy. Roy it's a forty five minutes looking episode. guy. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh I I didn't think anyone, any human being was was particularly attractive in this episode. Hmm. Uh it was just that. And it was a food centric episode. Yeah. And it was just that chocolate cream tort thing looked <sighs> so good. That food montage. They they put something on that table that was a chocolate cake dessert that had mushrooms. Oh, around the outside. That, yeah, I think those were mm-hmm. meringue mushrooms, but they mm-hmm. I don't think it's they were like actual mushrooms. But. Oh no, right? it's, I don't it's know. It's a it's a take on a bouche de Noël. They look you, like where you replicate oh, like the we log. Have take on a bouche de Noël. Oh okay, oh, oh bouche de Noël. <laughs> Why didn't you just say that? <laughs> <laughs> a bush noir. Yeah, it was a bush noir. Those were real mushrooms, I Sorry, think. Sorry, I feel like if I say something stupid, it's going to make Joe really upset. <laughs> yeah, I will hate you from now on. 
Ellen said something dumb and now I don't like her. I'm not on her side anymore. <laughs> well, that's ne- that's doing? never going to happen. So <laughs> Why is Halsey just standing there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Halsey. Hey, that tricked me too. So that, that never gets, that never gets a fault from me. I'll say I don't, it's, I mean, it's technically not a bush de Noel because it's not shaped like a log, but that's where it was. the meringue mushrooms typically show up. Oh. Is, cause, you're, Cause you're actually trying to replicate a log. It was, like a Yule log. Yeah, it was like a log. Sh- it was long. Was it a log shape? I don't know okay. if it was like circular, but it was like a long cake and it had, I swear to God, four mushrooms yeah. on toothpicks. Mm-hmm. On yeah, the dusted with cocoa. Yeah. Yes, yes. But those were meringue mushrooms? Mm-hmm. Okay. I would assume so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a dessert. That's the very comforting to hear because yeah. I thought they were actual raw mushrooms. 70s food styling is a real nightmare. They love fucking mushrooms. They yes. love oh. earth tone <laughs> yeah. mushroom. People of the 70s love a mushroom more than life I don't itself. Know. One, of, one of my favorite photographs that I've ever seen is from I'm guessing it must be like a 1977 edition of the red covered Betty Crocker cookbook. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm guessing 1977. I don't actually know, but right in that window it in the dessert section, there's a picture of an affogato. Mm. That is one of like the most hypnotic photographs I've ever seen. <laughs> I am a big fan of donut photography of that era. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where it's like gloss is not just gloss. Oh, it is I'm really actual star filter glass, like reflections of light. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really like that era, like right before microwave cookbooks took over the world oh, briefly. Fuck yes. Where everything has sort of that weird disco dancing background where everything filter, is yeah. every yeah, everything is black plex. Mm-hmm. Mm. All the food has black plex. And I think that's a really great moment. And the affogato picture I'm talking about is clearly right on the cusp of that mm. but not that ratings anyways ratings. what are we talking about where we're am talking I? about yeah. ratings i'm going with three hearts because mm. it wasn't the worst it wasn't the best but why am i going with more than half why because it was fun i loved that food montage i love that they were like trying something new and fun and they did a cooking thing they had so many cooking puns which is both <laughs> a strength and a weakness of the episode. It is. It is. Uh, I'm going to go with three. I'm going to go with three because it's entertaining. It is entertaining still. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Three. Ellen? Two. 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 Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to as well. Mm, okay. Because uh, I got bored. There's, I yeah, got there's bored. Just, like mm-hmm. I, I, I was enjoying a lot of it and I love the cooking stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was funny at times. Like sometimes there was actual mm-hmm. funny ass shit, mm-hmm. but it was, no, this wasn't a good one. Right. Maybe tweak that mystery part a little bit more for me. This is the, this it's not as based in the fact that any sh- food episode should be the episode that I super love because it's like yeah. haunted house food, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a fail for me. But it's also that thing where it's like, well, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Yes. Yeah. It's not that polarizing. Totally. Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, well, that that didn't quite come off. There just isn't any any liftoff for me with it. 
And so it's, it's kind of disappointing, which doesn't mean it doesn't have some things that I enjoyed. Every episode has things that I enjoy in it, but it's the, the sum is not more than the parts. So it has to be a two for me because yeah. it's just like, ah, damn. I kind of want to downgrade. I think I want to do a two as well. Really? Actually. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. Convince me. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. It's just not that good. You're I, right. I, I, You're I right. love, I love sleazy max. I think that, uh, sleazy <laughs> max is great and should be used more. I like cute Max more than Sleazy Max. I like cute him Ma- when but he's... he was so cute to me. Like his whole flirtation yeah. with Pauline uh, with the cookbook, like that whole thing was so good to me. Yeah. Like that was my favorite moment of the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a six. This episode is a six, which is a heart murmur. murmur. Low murmur. It's yeah. low. It's low. It's just where um, it should be. And it is exactly where it should be. But Ellen, what are we doing next? Ellen... The next episode is the last episode of season one. Wow. It is. The it, season finale. It's amazing. Yeah. It It's unbelievable to me. It's been 22 episodes and here we are. So the final episode of season one of Heart to Heart, originally airing on May 13th, 1980, Death Set. Hmm. The hearts are caught up in a tangled scheme when a wealthy playboy attempts to take over the family fortune using his brother's wife as his unknowing pawn. Okay, that sounds like every other episode of Heart yeah. to Heart, honestly. <laughs> How, that's not distinguished at all from any other episode. That ha- That's mm. happened in every episode. I'm curious, though. I want to see where this goes. Mm, I'm not. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I just... I, 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 <laughs> I don't know how much weight was put on season finales uh, in 1979, 1980. So it could just be like whatever, like a whatever episode. But I'm curious. Well, that was that was too many cooks are murder. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you so much. We we have one more episode in season one. Oh my wow. god! Oh my god! One more episode, and then we're mo- uh-huh. we are absolutely moving on to season two. Um, maybe we'll a break. I'm still think thinking about it. Break. Uh, <laughs> follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Both are It Was Murder Pod. Uh, keep sending us messages. We love them. It was uh, Murder If you pod. have a minute max for an upcoming episode, please send us an, a minute max for an upcoming episode. We will <laughs> very likely just put it on the podcast um, with. Very little vetting. I'm uh, kind of open to minute maxes e- of anything. Yeah. If you have a minute max for like. Just anything. Queen's okay. Gambit. Yeah. Uh, let, send no. us a minute max for Queen's Gambit. What the Gambit. hell are you guys talking about? <laughs> I, want a no. minute, I want minute maxes for any sort of pop culture. <laughs> and I do not. <laughs> Ellen only wants heart to heart minute maxes. What podcast are we on right now? <laughs> it was murder. It was murder. It was murder. <laughs> it was murder. It was murder. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This episode was murder, I gotta say. Oh my God, you need to stop. It's a little Um, heart murmur. (laughs) It was murmur. (laughs) It it was murmur. It was murmur. (laughs) It was murmur. But uh, we'll be back in a couple days to tell you about the season finale of season one of Heart to Heart. Wow. Wow. And we're going to try to come up with some fun things to talk about as well <laughs> yeah. to make it somewhat special uh, but until then 
Good night, Freeway. Good night, Freeway. Good night, Freeway. Uh, I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) That's how this episode's ending. (laughs) 